welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. Got the co-host here with me. I think they might be a little settled. No, Jimmy's going to talk a little bit. So I'm going to go quick down the introduction today because we have a, uh, I don't want to say a two-parter, but a part and a halfer. So we're going to spend the first uh, 15 minutes with Alan Bishop, who's talking about, uh, we're telling us about the Brigade, the TV show that um, has been the rage of adventure racers in the U.S. and a little bit in Canada. I think you'll, if you listen to it, and when you get done, you'll realize that uh, the rest of the world, you'll be, you'll have your chance too. So, and then we're going to South Africa. We have a chat with um, Merrill Adventure Addicts with uh, Tweet and Stefan. Um, they, uh, something about these rugby players and adventure racing. Um, anyway, it was a good conversation also. So that's enough of my rambling. We'll get this going. You might want to save this one for a long day. So go fast, take chances, and uh, anybody want to buy a bird sheep? Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, good morning, Randy. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Fantastic, thanks. How about yourself? Uh, not bad. So, tell me, are you sitting by the pool uh, with a kale shake doing the Hollywood thing? <laughs> you, know, you know where I live, right? <laughs> no, where are you at? <laughs> I'm up in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. That's even better. Yeah, it's even better. So, no, I'm not sitting by any pool. I'm <sighs> sitting by some beautiful, big, tall fir trees. Uh, and a big slick rock wall outside my backyard. Oh, well, that's cool. I I actually live in the woods too. I'm in western South Dakota, so. Oh, that's gorgeous down there. Yeah. Okay. You? En- enough of killing the Hollywood dream. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like going down. I like going down there. I did a show with Steve Austin every year for the last five years, and uh, we did a show called Broken Skull Challenge down there. So I get, I get down there. I just don't like to live down there. I can. Uh, I guess I can understand that totally. Yeah. It's good <laughs> um, to visit and nice to stay. Yeah. Um, well, let's do business. Yeah. <laughs> so are you the uh, captain of the brigade? Um, there's my, you know, there's, there's always a team that's doing everything on here. But as far as the adventure side, yeah, I'm sort of leading up the creative on the adventure side and, and um, bringing that team together sort of in charge of casting so i'm the co-ep of the show um and my real kind of my real kind of desire is to make this the coolest expedition show for the cast and for the audience so where did the where did the idea come from um again it's not nothing ever comes from one person in television but uh, a few years ago myself and the production company that we're doing this with we were talking about uh sort of pioneers and what could they wanted to get into the adventure space and they knew I'd been involved in adventure for a long time and I had some done some shows with them before and you know we started talking about pioneers and explorers of old and could today's uh, adventurers do what the men and women of, of history have done and kind of spent a couple of weeks banging that around and then lo and behold a year and a half two years later I get a call saying hey we Looks like we sold a show. It's called the Brigade, and we want to do the retrace or use the York Factory Express fur trade route. 
which was that same route that everyone's seen in the movie The Revenant mm-hmm. uh, with Leo DiCaprio. That's they based that story on on the York Express. Um, but yeah, so could a brigade, uh, could ten people, uh, actually get together and retrace that route um, for a set amount of time and for a set amount of prize? Um, it, it sounds cool. It actually kind of sounds like it relatively or came together relatively fast. Yeah, really super fast. So it's incredibly ambitious. Um, that's why we've brought out the big guns and have just a phenomenal adventure team. Um, you know, it's great because a lot of the people that were involved in the Eco Challenge back in the early days, myself being one of them, um, we've all stayed really close. So that, that real early Eco Challenge group, survivor group, um, amazing great race group of not only athletes but also professionals and outdoors people. Um, we all we've all it's a kind of a big big sort of global family. Mm-hmm. And when the word started getting around that uh, we were doing the show, because I immediately sort of sent it out through my adventure, adventure racing contacts. Um, it's just it's people are coming out of the woodwork that you know we haven't talked to in years. The crew that I'm using, uh, a lot of those people have worked on expedition shows and especially eco around the world. So it's it's really cool how it's come together so fast, but also the quality of people that um, love this type of expedition. Yeah, I I think that might be um, important for people to know. Um, me being the um, professional with a PH media type person, I actually uh, went to IMDb. But you guys are like the real deal. You're not, uh, I mean, because we've seen these things. I don't even want to call them programs, or, you know, come up over the years. But um, you guys like are, are like the real deal. Yeah, this one here is, is you know, my goal with this, with this thing, with this show, The Brigade, is we really want to create a format that, you know, allows us to say, look, let's let's look at any adventure over the course of history, and can we take six, eight, ten people? Can we give them six, eight, ten weeks? And could they work as a cooperative team and accomplish that feat in the time that we set for them? If they do, they'll share in a massive prize. Those that finish, and I think of the the canvas that the world and the canvas that the history has offered us. And this is the first one. You know, when we pull this off and, and, and do this as a true, you know, we, we've got to make a TV show. At the end yeah. of the day, for television, you know, if it's not exciting and if it's not character-driven and if it's not telling the stories of these people, it, no one's going to watch it. And unfortunately, that's the business of television. Mm-hmm. That's why Eco Challenge stopped being televised. It was, although the first couple seasons were fantastic because you had really interesting stories to tell once you know, once once it became just Ian Adamson and and um, you know his group of yeah. and Nathan Fob, like all these guys, and I love Ian, but at the end of the day, they're moving so fast, they got no time to give you story. Yeah, and and you know, part of part of what we want to do here is create a great adventure so people get attached to the expedition. But from for me, my goal was to make sure that from a crew perspective, from an audience perspective, and from especially our cast, is that from start to finish, they feel like it's been a constant moving, nonstop, balls to the wall. This is this is one tough competition reality show. So, so is, it a, is it a competition? 
Absolutely. Yeah, okay. they've got to make it in a set amount of time. Okay. The, the thing that's different, you know, the great thing that I think all of us loved back in the early days of, of adventure racing and expedition racing was you started with the team and you had to finish with the team. Mm. You know, if you if you did not finish with your entire team, you were unranked. Uh, we don't have an unranked here, but if you don't finish this competition, you don't get any cash. Okay. You don't share in the prize. So there's no eliminations. It's not like they can, you know, vote people out or anything like that. Yeah. But if you don't make it to the finish, you don't share in the prize at the end. Do you think that it will um, – the team is going to work together to get everybody there or would they rather get five people there and share more prize? You know, that's going to be exciting to find out because, it, you know, <laughs> it's going to be – the thing that was great about about using history as our canvas here and history as our sort of template is these brigades came from all over the world. Different, you know, the 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 definitely the historical aspect was you'd have um, a lot of our indigenous and First Nations tribes that would act as as boat or um, crew in the boat, but you'd also have you know Brits and you'd also have French and you'd also have you know Canadian and American that were in these boats and forming brigades. So you always didn't like everybody in the same boat. You didn't maybe sometimes you didn't like the captain, but they work together to get to the end. Is that going to happen on on our brigade? I mean, only time's going to tell. Yeah. So will there be will there be any challenges that you guys make, or is it just literally the challenge of getting there? Yeah, I think again we're we're definitely going to you know at the end of the day there's no way we can do all 2,600 miles of this of this trek. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's there's too many dams in the way. There's you know, urbanization since the late or early 1800s has caused a bit of an impact to all over the place. Yeah. You know, that the eastern side of the route is relatively untouched, but the western side, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's not, we're not going to be able to do every single bit of that because we can't have these guys portaging, you know, through downtown, uh, you know, Revelstoke. <laughs> so we are, we are going to be moving, you know, getting them around some of these obstacles. Um, but the, the terrain that we're dealing with, you know, it, it's got some really, really interesting challenges to it. So, uh, you know, we, they, they're never going to know what we have in store for them. But we're not making stuff up. Okay. Everything that we're using is part of nature. Yeah. It's part of the route. Well, you know, sometimes in, a, in an adventure race, a team gets moved. So it's literally no hey, different I'm not than saying, that. Hey, I'm not saying they're not going to have to portage a canoe right up over a dam somewhere. Yeah. You know, that's a possibility. Yeah. And I saw that... Uh, they're not using little canoes either. Um, they may be, but okay. the majority of the majority of the route, just for the sake of time, you know, these guys will not be able to make the miles if they're in two-person tandems yeah. for the entire route. So, yeah, we're we're again where we're using history as our canvas is they're going to be in a big boat. They're going to be in a Voyager. So, that should be uh, an interesting learning curve for some people. Yeah, for some, I mean, we're getting. The cast, I mean, this is, again, for those people that, that might be listening, it's www.thebrigadetv.com. We're still casting this. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting world-class paddlers. We're getting amazing uh, trekkers. We're getting adventure racers. Um, so I think most people that, that are going to get into this boat, uh, I've sort of stipulated, too, that I don't want it to be someone's first rodeo. They've, yeah. they've got to have a bit of – they've got to have a, a fair level of experience. Uh, obviously, we're trying to fill the boat with the – the best archetypes that we can and the mm-hmm. best 10 that will fit it. But I definitely don't want people in this boat that aren't capable of reaching the end. Yeah. It then comes down to a battle of attrition. 
Yeah. Do you um, – how do I want to put – I mean, are you finding the people you want and how important is the is getting the right people? Oh, it's crucial. That's, that's – I think when you, when you talk about you've got the PhD in media, I think that the PhD in television is getting the right people that the, the audience is going to want to become attached to. You know, if the audience does not feel like they care about these characters, we will have a very limited run for this show. So, yeah, that I really want to make sure we get really great, amazing, talented, athletic, and, uh, you know, talkative, you know, all those wonderful yeah. things. The boat's got to be filled with people that are going to give us the story that we need to tell this expedition more than just you know, the adventure and the beauty, like the cinematography is going to be gorgeous. There's, there's nothing we can say that's going to take away from how beautiful this route is, but the people need in the boat need to be able to convey how awesome it is to the audience. Yeah. I, is, is that hard to know or do you have enough experience that you can, you can look and talk to somebody and say, yeah, they're going to, they're going to be good. Yeah, and I, I think that's the team, right? You know, I, again, I don't, I don't do all of this stuff. We've got an amazing casting producer that works with us, and Heather um, and her team, they're the ones that set up the interview with you and I. Yeah. You know, they're world class, and, and they, they, know, they pr- know pretty much within the first three or four minutes of talking to someone whether they're going to be great on television. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it then comes down to are they going to be great with others? Are they – where do they fit in, you know, if you look at – the, uh, any type of television show, you've got that, that, you know, I've said, I want an old bull. I want a young bull. I want a hunter man, a hunter. I want a guide. I want the MacGyver, you know, so there's all these archetypes that we'll put in the, I've actually got on my wall, I've got a canoe and I'll put popsicle sticks on the heads of these people, <laughs> move them around the boat until, until I get what I feel is the right. And then we'll set up the interviews and, and make a, you know, make the offer to them. Do they want to be part of the show? Yeah. Are you, um, I mean, I, I know how much interest there is, but there's a lot of people like, well, you know, it's three months. But are you getting the people you want? You think to, talk, to at least talk to? Yeah, we're we you know we've got we I could probably already fill a boat, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we've got the right people yet. Yeah, um, I don't really get excited about casting until. I look at the top 20 and we put them down and we start talking. I start talking to them individually. I haven't had a conversation with anybody yet. Yeah. We've still got till May 15th till casting closes. So if people want to apply, they've, they've got till May 15th to get their application in. Obviously, I'd rather people get them in sooner rather than later. Yeah. But that's sort of the cutoff for applicants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we are getting really great people. Not to say I don't want to see anybody else who thinks they can do this, this, this really is an adventure of a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of those adventure racers out there, it's, it's, we were telling people to book off July to September, be available for that time. Yeah. It's, it's going to be less time than, than we're actually saying from July to September. We're just keeping that window open for weather and for logistics right now. But, uh, you know, to get to go on an adventure like this, to do it in a television show, that's a cooperative based television show, which, really is one of the first of its kind to do this and to have a chance to share in you know a massive prize at the end that's a pretty good deal for a lot of people that are are enjoying these type of adventures yeah well i always say if if you don't do this one you you can't say you did the first one that's it you know who knows 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe this, this brigade starts going around the world doing different adventures. You, that, you never know how the television works. We might yeah. say, this, let's keep this group of people and next year we'll plan it again and we'll up the prize and we'll go, who knows, right? That's, yeah. There's a lot of creative that gets thrown on the table when you have a successful project. Yep. So I got two quick questions and I'll let you go because you got like producing work to do. Um, I got calls, yeah. Yep. Um, they're not going in fur and leather leggings, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's again not a period. Really, piece. really clear. It's not a recreation. We're using this amazing tapestry of the earth and this route called the York Factory Express as our template. And you know, the the river has guided us uh, in the creative of this, and it's going to guide us throughout the expedition. But yeah, you, there's no way we're doing river. You know, they're not in a birch bark canoe. We're not going to be having fur skin caps. It's they're not going to be carrying bales of fur across the Rockies. It's it's absolutely a, a – we're using that as the canvas, and we're doing a modern-day expedition. That's cool. All right, and then um, do you have your second one in mind? You don't have to tell me, but I know you do. I I, I mean, I just got to say Marco Polo is, is where I'm going. Okay. If, I have my, if I have my druthers, that would be it. So, that would be cool. Yeah. All right. All right, so someday when you're not producing – you should. Um, we should do a real episode because I just love talking about the history of the ecos and, and stuff like that. So, oh, I'd love to. Yeah, keep me. Let's let me get through this, Randy. And, yeah. and in the fall, maybe <laughs> once I'm done that, I'd love to sit down and and uh, and learn a little bit more about what you're doing. And, and I, I absolutely. I, I know a lot of the old. You know, the the first ecos were pretty amazing, and yep. it's it's just awesome to see the group of people that have stayed in touch over those years. So, cool. Well. You're busy. Thanks for Take the care, chat. Man. Yep, this will yep. be up um, tomorrow. Perfect. Thanks so much. If you, if did you? Okay, I will do that. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. Take care. Okay, bye. Okay, we got that part. So, go uh, take a little break, stretch. I don't know. Have a beer. I don't care. Anyway, uh, here we go with part two with uh, Merrill Adventure Addicts. Addicts? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, here you go. Uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Oh, I hear something. Hello? Hey, Tweet, say hey, you. Hey, Randy. How's it? Good. I think. Yeah, good, good. I think Skype was having some issues. So. No, I think, yeah, Wi Fi on my side a bit, actually. Okay. Well, let's see if I can get yeah. Stefan in. Yeah, yeah. Um, There and add. Now we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> I know it works. I've done this before. Where whereabouts are you sitting in the states now? In I'm looking at an Eclipse right now. Actually, I'm in uh, South Dakota at home, in the Black Hills. Okay. So. All right. I'm looking at the Eclipse. I can see where you uh, are. So I'm. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Literally. At work. Okay, yeah, I got you now on the map. Yeah. So, well. It says. Let's see. Well, let me try add people. Yeah. Wonder if I can also add. So. I tried it. 
tried it again. You know, tw- twenty years ago, we'd be doing this by by post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, I see a little icon. Hey, how's it, Randy? Yay! Step on the side. Yay! <laughs> so, wow, that isn't bad. That only took like two minutes to get us all connected. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, we're in a third world country in South Africa. Things take a bit longer this time. Well, I'm I'm in the middle of the woods, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay, you two, start talking. <laughs> <laughs> so introduce. Go, we, we have to call. We have to call uh, Stefan Sir Stefan now. We said uh, we'd call him Sir once he finished his first adventure race. So I think we need to call him the legendary Sir Stefan. I'm I'm up with that. I can I can live with that. So um, uh, I, I certainly didn't feel like a Sir when I finished that. Uh, when I finished the God <laughs> Show, uh, <laughs> I felt. I can think of a whole lot of other names to call me. Certainly not sir. So uh, it, was, yeah, it was a tough one. No, I'm. I'm. I'll go with sir. I'm pretty impressed with that. <laughs> so, um, wow, the veteran and the rookie. Who had who had more fun between you two? Jeez. <laughs> I think. I think Graham, without a doubt. I mean, at one stage. I was going on at a lot of stages through the race or through the event. I was like, even though you're in a team, you spend a lot of time in your own head because it's just like 18 or 23 hour days. And I also worked out that when you talk about days, you don't talk about when the sun shines. It's actually 24 hours in a day when it comes to adventure racing. So at one stage, I was in my head of thinking about all sorts of trying to go to a place where I could just escape the, <laughs> the pain and the tiredness and the and the cold, but uh, I certainly think Graham had, Graham had more fun than me. But it was very good. I mean, I, I helped the guys back. It was uh, it was my first one, but they, they looked after me. So, um, um, how, how'd this all happen? <laughs> I know, Stefan, you sort really? of got a background. I, I, I did like 30 seconds of research. So, But, yeah, how did this all, uh, this madness start? Yeah, I think it it probably started more with my side. Actually, uh, I think it all started probably with a with a conversation with Warren uh, God's own director, probably just after Patagonia in 2016. I think Richie had just done God's own 216, and Warren and I were chatting and saying, uh, "Hey, maybe we should look to bring a bring a South African rugby player over." And um, you know, over the the next year and a half, Warren and I chatted, and uh, the things lined up for this year. And you know, then obviously I got hold of Stefan, and uh, it was quite easy to twist his arm. I think <laughs> probably probably not what he'll say, but yeah, we did a sort of a mating dance for a couple of weeks, and uh, eventually Stefan said, "Yeah, cool, I'm in." I don't think he really knew at all what he was signing up for. Uh, you know, at all, I actually don't think we tried to put him through his paces a little bit. Uh, in January and just give him a little bit of a taste of what it was going to be like without scaring him off. And then uh, we just knew that obviously once we started the race, Stefan wasn't going to let us down and we knew that he had the capability and the head and the physical uh, you know, skills and ability to get through the race and we just needed him to convince himself that he could do it and we knew that would happen 
in the first couple of days during the race. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's how it worked out. And, and hopefully reflecting now, Stefan's gonna, gonna look, look back on it and say it was a great, great adventure and a great, uh, a great, uh, achievement. I think there's a slightly different story from my side, Randy. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> I would rather not repeat what I told him the first time he asked me if I uh, if I would like to join them on the God Zone because a friend of mine, also a former rugby player and World Cup winner for South Africa in 1995, a guy by the name of Joel Stransky. We've done some some mountain biking and the Cape Epic, which is a, which is also a grueling eight-day mountain bike event. And he, he contacted me via Graham and I said to him, no, you know, I'm in a happy space now. My training is short, intense. I haven't done a lot of endurance, even though I've done a little bit in the past. I'm quite happy where I am at the moment. So please go away. Just don't ask me again. <laughs> and then Graham, Graham sent me some voice messages and a few, uh, um, emails and, and websites I must go and visit and then he was very sly and he f- get one of uh, also a guy who played rugby to phone me and just to brief me but you know just give me the the good and the easy part of adventure raising and, and how good it is and how much fun it is and you know they didn't quite brief me and then I agree with Graham once you're in the race you just you just know that you can't let your team down somehow you have to find a way to to get out of there and, uh, and make it work yeah um, was the mental or the physical harder for you? I think you know there's a bit of both. Obviously, there's a there's there's a bit of both for me. The physical was was tough, but not in a way that I was absolutely exhausted and my heart rate was going at 180 beats a minute. That's certainly not. It's more about you know the constant. You, you have to continue, you have to carry on and, you know, your feet and your legs are not used to spending that amount of time, you know, from a sporting background that I come from, everything was done at pace, at speed, you know, in short, intense sessions, you you know, your heart rate goes up and you recover quickly and you go again and you repeat that. Where in this race, it's it's totally different. Uh, you, I mean, you would know yourself, but you just have to continue, you have to keep on going and then the body starts to... to to ache, and uh, yeah, and every step becomes hard. Also, from a, I think from a technical point of view, you know, some of the terrain here was was very rough for me as a first timer. You know, every step you take, whether it's up the river, or whether it's on, you know, uh, falling down trees, or or climbing up a mountain, or carrying your mountain bike, everything was new to me. So it was quite, it was quite technical as well. You know, I tried to follow these guys. I looked where we Grant and Graham would put their feet. I mean, but then again, they weigh 80 kilograms and I weigh close to 100 kilograms. So sometimes they'll get through on a on a tree branch. I'll stand on it and fall through, you know. So <laughs> it wasn't quite working out for me, but I, I I try to you know to to follow them and see and do exactly what they do. But they fit through little small holes, you know through the trees where I have to somehow find another way to get through there. But, you know, in the end, it's amazing what you can do. You know, you're tired, you fall over, but you get up and somehow you find a way to get through. Yeah, there's always – you guys always just keep going. <laughs> That's what I love about adventure racers. Um, so, Graham, what um, changes or to your to the team do you have to make – so obviously you have somebody really strong, but they're a rookie. Um, so do you have to think about that or 
does there get a point where you're like he's just a racer he's not a rookie anymore yeah i think i think we looked upon that you know we tried to do that right from the beginning um uh, we we adjusted our whole goals and obviously when we came into this race you know our goal for this race was not was not about challenging for podiums or going the speed that we would normally go um or you know like how we would normally push and you know we sat with the team and obviously all the pre the pre information that we got about this race uh plus you know in the last two or three days the more intense information we got with the route maps and the and the stuff we we realized it was going to be one of the toughest uh, adventure races around and we we just adjusted our our strategies accordingly and we knew we needed to just focus totally on on finishing the full course and that was the that was the goal and that was the aim and um myself and Grant obviously being fairly experienced and having raced together and Jane also being a bit experienced we just said we just need to focus on on keeping well rested and and moving forward and and hopefully missing the cutoffs and we did that in retrospect i think we had a, a relatively good strategy maybe we were slightly slightly too much rest in the first 3 or 4 days you know looking back now but you know maybe if we'd pushed even you know 6 hours quicker in those first 3 or 4 days it might have broken us and so at the end of the day you know we we put our goals down of just actually making sure we could keep the team together and get to get to the finish line and that was the goal and we did it and achieved it and uh, for myself and and Grant who, who possibly used to racing a little bit a little bit quicker and we didn't really it what didn't phase us and we didn't get frustrated about not being able to move quicker because we had come in with the goal of this is how we're going to move and this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to treat it and you know when when that's your goal you you just carry it out and yeah so it was it was a great experience and I really enjoyed it and and I know Grant and and, and Jane did and you know, obviously you're chatting with Stefan and hopefully, you know, hopefully he's going to reflect and, and have enjoyed it at the end of the day as well. Yeah. Well, and I, you guys probably have a record for the uh, uh, most longest time to finish a full course race. <laughs> yeah, probably, actually. I think I'm happy, to, yeah. I'm happy to have that record. I'm very happy to have that record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think when we did Patagonia, Grant and I, we did about nine days, but that nine days had a, a forced 40-hour, you know, mandatory stop where they, they closed the course and kept us back for 40 hours, and then we continued to race. Whereas, yeah, like you say, this race was actually nine days and two hours of racing. And, you know, you were chatting just now to Stefan about the physical and the mental mm-hmm. side. And, you know, for me, an adventure race, whether you're going fast or whether you're going slow, it's about – you know that that time is never really your own from from the time you say go at the you know at the start line you you now bound to your three teammates and you 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 just actually have to keep moving and you you do exactly what the team needs you to do over those uh the time and obviously this time was nine you know nine days and two hours and it's that for me is always the hardest thing is the time is never your own and uh it's something I always look forward to at the end is where I don't have to keep moving. I don't have to keep, uh, you know, doing whatever. And it's, you know, that's the hardest mental part for me is just keeping pushing and keeping moving when it's not your own time. Where like I just want to sit down for 20 minutes. Uh-huh. You can't if the team doesn't want you to sit down. And uh, yeah. but it, yeah, it was good. Yeah. So Stefan, how much easier was it having a team? Could could you have done what you did if 
if you were by yourself? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, there's a, obviously the mental part. I mean, I, at some stage, and, and, and Grant said I'm a little bit hard on myself, but it's an honest truth. At, at some stage, I was absolutely useless to the team because I would get to a transition area so tired. I got my feet, I had blisters and losing toenails and, you know, I'll be cold and tired and, you know, and they will just sit me down and say, well, you just get warm. This is what we're going to do next. Make sure your bike is ready for the next stage. Get yourself warm. And before I knew it, they had some food, they, they boiled the water, they had a pitch, the tent for, for a few hours sleep or whatever. And I would, you know, I would just have to look after myself. So at, at one stage, they even sent, Graham uh, 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 didn't say anything, but Grant to come and walk at the back with me just to get me through the last, to the last transition area. Cause, but then obviously I was so tired and my feet were sore and just every step hurt. I mean, as I said, physically, you're not your your heart's not racing at 180 beats per minute, but it's just everything hurts when you walk. And just to get to that final transition, you know, knowing that there's 35 kilometers left tomorrow morning, you're going on a on a kayak. Uh, hopefully, you're off your feet. No surprises thrown at you by the race organizers. No, you know, you're just gonna have the muscle burn, but you'll be very happy with that because you know. Nothing else is going to hurt. So, um, you know, they looked after me incredibly well, and, and and somehow they got me through. Certainly, if I was by myself, you know, I won't lie to you. At some stages, you do think about giving up and <laughs> think to yourself, why the hell am I even doing this? But, uh, I mean, in summer, you find a way, you get a warm meal, you get a bit of sleep, you feel better, and, and off you go again for another 18 or 22-hour or day. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's kind of – I mean, that's that's a team, right? I mean, that's – team in in capital letters absolutely but also you know even though it's a team yeah. there's a lot of time that you that you spend with and by yourself in your own mind and you know and and fighting the tiredness and the hunger or the cold or whatever it might be and somehow you've got the responsibility to to do it yourself and to get your bike over the mountain or to get through the swamp you know waist deep at two o'clock in the morning with your bike on your shoulder, somehow find a way through and, and, and try not to let your team down. That's what a team is all about. Exactly. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm assuming that you had some fun. What, what was like your high point of the race? Yeah, so that, there are certainly some high points without a doubt. I mean, looking back now and you can reflect a bit there, there more than just during the race and you realize you know, for me, it was the people. I mean, the, the the people competing in the race, just how friendly they are, how willing they are to help. Uh, just, you know, the camaraderie between the teams, because at one stage we were running low on food, but one of the teams or one or two of the teams who, who missed the checkpoint said, how are you guys doing for food? Would you, would you like some of ours? Because, you know, we're out, we're going home, and, and you know, we got some of their food. Then the the race organizers, I mean, they there's no ears and graces. There's no, it's a very simple platform to compete, but somehow you feel, you know, that you want to be there and that you want to compete in this race. And then also the volunteers along the way, even though they don't help you because they've been briefed not to help you, but they're very friendly. They encourage you uh, and they somehow, you know, just so happy and so proud to be associated and be involved in this race, even though they they volunteers and very proud of the of the uh, their district and of their country. I mean, there was a 
humbling experience, even meeting guys like Nathan, one of the top adventure racers in New Zealand in the world, you know, just how humble these guys were with the aura surrounding him. So, I mean, without a doubt, that was, that was from, uh, from a non-physical point of view, that was, that was my highlight. Mm-hmm. I must say I enjoyed the paddling. Uh, that last 35 kilometers, it was just a beautiful morning. You just, you know, you know you're going home. You got six and a half hours to compete the 35 kilometers, three checkpoints along the way. And, uh, you know, just, just paddling on those beautiful crystal clear lakes. It was just incredible. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So Graham, how about you? Is there a, what was your high point of the race? I think, uh, I think Stefan's highlighted it uh, beautifully. I think it's, it was. It was more, you know, it was more this race for me about the people, the volunteers, the the other competitors that we did bump into and and got time to to actually walk and chat with them. Um, the the volunteers, uh, um, the even just the general public. I mean, we came around the corner on the one bike ride. Uh, you know, we hit uh, a section of uh, tarred sealed road that we needed to ride for about 20 k's, and we turned left onto a road, and there on the side of the road was a table and it said God's own competitors welcome and you stopped at the table there were beers there were cokes there were chocolates there were fresh muffins there was fruit and there was hamburgers and uh, bread and it just said help yourself to whatever you want there was no farmer around there was no anything it was just this table set up there just waiting for whoever whoever cycled past and those were the enjoying parts you know just seeing all of those and chatting to chatting to all the, the New Zealanders and the volunteers out there you know, from a from a view and a scenery point of view, um, I think we were in a stunning part of the world and, you know, amazing countryside and, and amazing forests and stuff. But we didn't get to see much view and things like that because you were continually inside a forest uh, with with trees and, and things around you. So it wasn't like we were standing on top of mountaintops looking down on these massive, beautiful views that, uh, that everyone got to see in the photographs on the helicopters. Yeah. So... From that point of view, we didn't see these, you know, these spectacular views, but we got to see and experience these magical forests and, and pushing yourself through all these times. And like Stefan said, you know, competing these, these 20 hour days or these 22 hour days before we got some rest and, you know, two hours into that day, you're feeling all broken and you just put your head back and say, well, I've got to keep going and, you know, footstep in footstep and getting to the, Getting 10 hours later or 20 hours later and still, still going and still feeling fine and helping your mates. And, you know, those were, those are some of the highlights for me. Yeah. So, um, it is a beautiful country and it, I've got that sense that I actually read a couple of, uh, reports of people climbing trees to get up above them to see, yeah. <laughs> to see where they were going. So. Yeah. It was, it was challenging, very, very challenging navigation. You know, you had to, Navigation was just a con- continual concentration, especially especially for the guy that was in the map and the guy that was actually carrying the map. Um, f- funny enough, for this race, I actually I took a step back in the navigation where normally I'm the main navigator and have the map in my hand majority of the time. This time, you know, we let Grant do it, uh, the younger team member, and, and let him get a bit more experience at, at navigating. And, uh, you know, so he was the one who was continually concentrating, but it was – it was tough navigation and, and especially being in the forest where you didn't really get the, you know, the view and the peripheral view and be able to, to use the mountains. You had to, you had to be continually concentrating with the rivers and the, the slope angles and the, um, 
you know which side of the the valley you're on and uh, but it was good it's uh, you know from that point of view very very technical and very challenging and and a lot of skill needed for this race you know the the pack rafting in in grade two grade three rivers was was big it was it was eye opening you know even for me that comes from a paddling background it was it was big stuff in there and um amazing you know and the the navigation the trekking it wasn't there was never a free footstep at all even when we got on the 60 kilometer coastal trail i think only about 10 15 k's of that was sort of easy walking the rest of it was mud and you had to watch where all your feet went so from that point of view Warren and Adam put an amazing course together where it, you know, the adventure races had to come in with skill, not like, uh, you know, some of the adventure races over the last couple of years where you're just following roads and just following paths. This yeah. was, this was about, uh, bringing back the skill into adventure racing. Yeah. Um, which, which was, would have been harder in this race, navigating or being the team captain with all that responsibility? Yeah, I think I think navigating definitely was hard on this race, and that's I think that was always going to be the tricky and the the thing that will take you take you out, you know, make you a lot more tighter and 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 uh, fatigued. Mm-hmm. So team captain, you know, yes, you know, inverted commas, I'm a team captain, um, but in our in our team through the years, Merrill Adventure Addicts, we don't, you know, we don't employ a team captain and I make all the decisions. We've always actually. The four of us have just raced along, and we we just somehow did what we needed to do. There wasn't a team captain pushing and saying do this, do that, or or, or dictating what needed to be done. It was always a discussion, and 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 the the decision would be made. And um, so, from a team captaincy point of view, it's never been a tiring thing for me. Um, and actually, funny enough, I was actually chatting about it to someone today. You know, maybe. With Stefan and with Jane coming into the team new, maybe they, maybe they did expect something a little bit more from me as a team captain, you know, to actually stand up and say, do this, do that, or whatever. Whereas, I suppose, historically in our teams, I've never really done mm. that. Um, and maybe because we hadn't spent a lot of time together, they, they didn't realize that at, uh, at that point, you know, in the race. But, you know, those things come with spending time with people and, and working, working as a team yeah. over time. Yeah. So, Stefan, I mean, did you expect that, you know, somebody to be the captain? And, and were you uh, part of the decision-making when when you were there, capable? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. No, I sort of, I mean, no one had to appoint a captain. I knew that, that Graham was, you know, the, the most senior in the team. But as he said, he, he let Grant you know, do a lot of and most of the navigation. He was excellent, the little paths and the way, and somehow he found a way. I mean, he was he was exceptional. So for me, it was never about, you know, appointing a team captain. I always knew that Graham was the leader, and I think everybody treated him that way, and everybody looked up. There was no, as I said, there was no uh, no question about that, and there was no no issue surrounding that. So that, that I think it worked well for the team, even though I must say Grant is a whole lot younger than, than Graham, but he's very, very mature and the way he raced and what he can actually do. And, and with the map, he was excellent uh, with, uh, you know, finding, finding the, the very well strategically placed checkpoints all along the route. 
So was I part of the decision making every now and then? Yes, as you say, when I was there, when I, didn't, when I wasn't too tired, I remember one night, it was the second last night, we were hoping it would be our last night, but we had to find this lake at, up at 1,100 meters and, you know, there was a team just behind us and somehow we, we went to the left, they carried on straight and, and we just couldn't find, couldn't find this lake to paddle across. <clears throat> At 1,100 meters, and at about 11 o'clock that night, we were, you know, we were going very slowly. Jane had one or two bad falls, and you know, we weren't going anywhere. And you know, we took a, we sat down, and we and we made a decision, and we you know, all had our input on what should, what should we do. And we decided as a team that you know, even though we we dying to find this lake, we we know we were so close. We probably turned 100 meters from it, if if that. You know, we took. Took the wrong turn and and we decided as a team let's let's stay here let's we couldn't quite pitch a tent because the, the incline and it was just you know not not possible there were cliffs all around us and and we made a decision so yes I, I did help to make some of the decisions along the way where I was capable and not too tired but uh, yeah, yeah. now these guys we knew who the team leaders were and they did an excellent job yeah so Stefan um, are you surprised at the places? That you were able to fall asleep and sleep comfortably. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Graham said we've got ten minutes to sleep. I mean, you just fall off your bike on the side of the road in a beautiful sun, sunny afternoon. Don't even take your helmet or backpack off, and before you know it, you sleep for ten minutes. And when you hear that alarm, Graham had this alarm on his watch, and it was just the most dreaded sound, you know, when you hear that go off in the morning, you felt like you've just fallen asleep, you've had two or three or four hours sleep, or even ten minutes, every now and then we'll just go into the, in the pine plantation as well, because it's nice and warm in there, just go and sleep and and, and have a couple of minutes, yeah. it's amazing where you can sleep and how you can, how quickly you can fall asleep, but it just, it's amazing also how your body recovers that quickly and after a couple of minutes of sleep, you, you're ready to take on the world again. Yeah. So, um, kind of the kind of the same question for both of you, but a little bit different. So, Graham, did did you did Warren put together the race that you expected, or or did it meet your expectations? Yeah, it did. It definitely, uh, definitely met my expectations. I think for myself personally, I, I came into this race with a lot of, uh, you know, personal reservation about the sport and, and whether I still wanted to be involved in it mm -hmm. and uh, whether I still had a passion and a desire uh, and, and a want, you know, and a want to be in it. Um, you know, I came in with those sort of reservations having been, been out for, a, you know, just over a year since Australia and uh, Warren definitely did and, and I think Warren's I know you've chatted with him, and, and his frustrations with adventure racing as a sport has definitely come out in some of his interviews. And when you chat with him personally, obviously that also. And uh, I think what he did is he is he showed that there's still there's still life in the sport, and it's you know I think the last couple of years in the sport we're seeing it we saw it sort of starting to head towards maybe dumbing it down and a little bit uh, possibly. Some races becoming a little bit too easy for people to finish. Uh, not saying that uh, you know everyone should finish, and we're not saying that there should be races where you know no one can finish. Or, yeah. but I think it was 
Yeah, just just maybe be, becoming a little bit too easy, and 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 Warren's definitely taken it back and, and given me a lot of faith back in the sport and given me the desire and the passion to, that I still want to do this and I still want to be involved in it and 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 brought back that hunger. So, yeah, I think I think Warren put together what I expected and what I hoped actually, yeah. and yeah, I'm really happy and, and really glad I did it, right. and especially glad I did it the way we did it. Yeah. Um. Did you? I, 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 you pr- this has probably been answered, but did you kind of enjoy that doing and not racing? Yeah, I did. I did. I think it's. I think it's what I needed right now in my my racing career. Yeah. Um, like I said to you, you know, we'd had, you know, I'd had a really good couple of years. Two fourteen, you know, two thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 16 had been really good year, or not 216, 215. 216 was a very frustrating year for me. Yeah. You know, in the sport we'd had, there were a lot of issues around Expedition Africa in 216. And then, uh, you know, then we were very fired up for, for, um, for World Championships in Australia, you know, in 216. And we got the whole team back together and we were, we were strong. We were really, really strong going into that race. And we came in quietly and obviously we had, mechanical issues that sort of took us out mm-hmm. and I think it then it made me sit up and decide did I really want to be involved and did I want to be be around and 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 I think I needed to do a race like we just did now and I needed to you know I needed possibly a person like Stefan you know to be there and you know not not saying we did masses to get Stefan through ultimately he he had to get himself through the race but just guiding you know guiding other people through the race and getting them through and then also having the ability to maybe spend a little bit more time to myself on this race, um, you know, not having the map and not being, you know, totally having to concentrate and the team looking at me as to where we're going, where we're going, where we're going up this side of the mountain or which path. Um, so it was nice to actually just fall in and fall in love with the sport again and, and find that passion and that, that desire. Yeah. Well, it's um, kind of interesting because I uh... – did an interview with Jody Five and and talked a little bit about Nathan and you you guys must have been talking together because that's almost exactly where he's at. Took a little break, mm. but it uh, sort of got the passion back to race. So, are you really ready mm. to go win a race now? Yeah, I am. And, and funny enough, uh, I, I started probably around day or three, day three or four. I started in in my own head, you know, like okay, cool, I'm ready, I'm I'm ready to race, and I and I want to race, and I want to, I want to go out there and still, you know, achieve a top result, and and you know, then then it was okay, cool, spending the next two or three days in my head trying to figure out whether I still had the physical physical capabilities and the, you know, whether I could still push my body to the limits that I needed to, to you know, achieve a top result, and I've come out of the race and decided that I'm still there and I I can still do it and. You know, not probably not right at this minute, but yeah, we 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 we've got the team entered for world championships, and we've got some exciting prospects happening around team uh, members and and the squad because obviously <laughs> I've got a couple of uh, old old horses in the team now. <laughs> obviously, Hanu's you know Hanu's pushing on, and and Don's been struggling with, with a little bit of injuries, and and is also spending a lot of time with family and you know getting over his cancer and stuff and. You know, Tatum's got a big family, so it's you know it's now about starting to actually build a team and build a new team, possibly around Grant as we're going forward. Which was, you know, one of the reasons why it was like, well, let's give the map to Grant. We need to start 
we need to start building for when myself and Hanu and and Don and Tatum are not around and and can't even be in the team anymore. And yeah. let's build the the young team going forward. And you know, like I said, we've got some exciting prospects going forward for the squad in the next um, in the next half a year and year. And hopefully, we can have a very competitive team at World Championships. And, yeah. So obviously, you know, we're hoping Stefan's going to step up to the plate and be really fast. <laughs> so, um, are you? So yeah, let's. We'll assume you've got a few more good years, but are you kind of uh, maybe even starting to look forward to maybe more of a backstage um, part of the yeah, team? I, I think so. I mean, obviously, I've been managing a team now. Uh, I've been managing the team now since 2004 when we put it together uh, through all the years, and um, and you know I raced and I managed. So I think I am. I think I'm realizing. Uh, I don't. I don't really need to go and do every single adventure race. Um, I want to go and do the adventure races I want to do, uh, and not have to go and do every single one. Um, you know, and, and obviously sponsorship. If that continues, then yeah, you know, I'm happy to sit in the background a little bit, and, and maybe I'll pop up and race one race here or there with a competitive team. Um, and, and the same with Hanu, and the same with Don, and the same with Tatum. Maybe they pop in every now and then. But we, you know, we we're starting to say, well, let's bring in. Let's start looking for the the younger generation and 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 start building you know building the addicts for the future. I think I think Honey is fifty this year, which is quite scary. Um, you know, I'm pushing forty seven. Don's forty six. So I think we're on our way out. You know, physically, but I think mentally and physically, we probably both. You know, we've all got one or two more years in us, and then. Uh, you know, then we're not going to be able to keep up with these youngsters anymore. Yeah. Well, just just don't teach them everything you know. Then you'll be able to keep up yeah, with them. <laughs> I, I think that's why I'm always happy, and I think I think that's also why we've always chosen and, and looked for the the longer and the harder races, like you know, like what God's has just done now, and, and Costa Rica, where we did really well, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Pantanal. You know, those are the type of races that we enjoy and, and, and suit us a lot more. Where where it's not about these 10-hour legs, you know, you have 14 10-hour legs mm. or whatever. It's it's about uh, 20, 30-hour legs, and it becomes a lot more about strategy and, and looking after yourself and, and and being strong on day four and day five. And that's what we we've always been good at, and, and we're always going to look for for events where we can we can use that and use our experience and 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 we enjoy it. we enjoy those ones a lot more yeah. where it is pushing you know pushing into the mental fatigue a little bit more than you know a, a five or ten hour leg where you then hit transition and get given coffee and and mattresses and beds and stuff. <laughs> we want to be like we were now on God's own where yeah. you're sleeping on cliff edges and sliding down the cliff and stuff. Yeah. Do you? That's what we like. Yeah. How much do you think of an advantage that is that the fact that you really really love the harder it gets? Uh. Yeah, because not every team advantage. does. I think it's no, no, not at all. And then you know the things I'm saying about adventure racing. Yeah, there's you know that's my view. Yeah. There's there's a lot of people out there who's there's a lot of people out there who would prefer it going the other way. Yeah. And and having and I'm totally okay with that. I've got no no issues with that, and that's fine. You know, I'm I might not end up at that race, just like they might not come to a long race. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that the long races and the hard races continue to be on the calendars here or there. And I'm not saying that the, the other races shouldn't be on the calendars. And, 
you know, how much of it is an advantage. Obviously, it's one of our strengths. So hence, hence, we're going to look for races where our strengths can play out. And obviously, adventure races who, who are not good at that and are better at doing two and a half or three day races, they're going to look for races that suit their strength. Huh? Yeah. Well, hopefully, it's we're on the uptick again. So there's something for everybody. That'd be nice. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that would be really, really good. I think this. I think the sport, you know, possibly there's, you know, possibly the sport needs a maybe a little bit of a shake-up. And again, that's my view. And you know, maybe it's coming. You know, there's. Uh, I think there's. You know, I think the guys in New Zealand and in Australia with Todd and and A1 series and, you know, you know, Warren and and Primal Crest and the way the way things are going. You know, hopefully, you know, it's putting down maybe a good foundation where. You got the good introduction into the sport via the, the smaller races, and then we we build up and do, you know, maybe we do the two or three day races, and then we have every now and then, if maybe whether it's every eighteen months or whatever, we have a a God's own ten day like we just had, or a Primal Quest ten day, or a, you know, yeah, that's how I'd like it. But like I said, there's there's other races who who would prefer it the other way, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it, it hope. Something's going to shake out, but there certainly is a lot of things happening, which is good. Yeah. 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 So, Stefan, did you have any expectations going into this race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah it's, it certainly was a lot tougher than what I expected. It's certainly a lot longer. I mean, uh, to be fair, I mean, I've done some mountain biking and a little bit of, uh, you know, paddling before, and I thought, you know, you're going to go from, from a mountain bike onto a, Aircraft, and then you're gonna do a hike along a, a scenic route to get to the next checkpoint. But it certainly wasn't the case. <laughs> there were no there were no hiking trails for most of the route, and, and you had to find a way through. But you know, just from a, from a sport point of view, obviously, I had no uh, or nothing to compare it to because it, it was my first adventure race ever. But you know, what the guys have put together, the way, as I said, the you know the organisers, the you know the terrain. The volunteers, the medical staff, just the way it was set up was, was done very professionally and, you know, the, the, the route was incredible. The scenery was, you know, the stages I, I could take in some of the scenery because I wasn't too tired thinking back now. It was absolutely spectacular and you no know, real privilege to take part in, in, in such a race. And, and for me, a great, you know, very, very proud to have I think there were 75 teams who started and only 25 finished the, the long course. We were, of course, the last team to finish the long course and, uh, and the full course. And, you know, very, very happy. But it was, it's, a, it's a great event. And, and I think the sport can be really proud of, of the event, you know, they put together yeah. for God's own. It's great by Warren Bates and his team. Incredible, uh, incredible event. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of, I've talked to a lot of racers that, jumped into the deep end like you and and have long and successful careers so you're in good shape <laughs> who knows who knows yeah so um i've kind of seen that you've you've done a lot of other media since the race what don't normal people get about adventure racing that you know now that you've learned Sure, it's it's certainly a lot harder and a lot a lot tougher than I ever can imagine. I mean, it's just I, I just don't think people really know what it's all about. And you know, it's, uh, from with this race, I've I've gone to a company now. I've had so many requests from corporates, from from our friends, from private people who've 
who sort of knew me but, you know, came to me after the race and said, please, can you tell us more about it? Because we were absolutely glued to the screens, following the dots. It looked amazing. What is this sport all about? So I've gone to a company to put together a proper presentation for me with, you know, some of the images, some of the videos, you know, the whole Warren Bates, how the whole God Zone started, you know, Fiordland, New Zealand, the South Island. I mean, and just, you know, teamwork, how it used to work for me and in my sporting days and how this race all of a sudden I was the weakest in the team. I mean, there's just, people are just absolutely taken aback and said they were absolutely glued to the screen. Can I please come and tell them more? So I will over the next, you know, year or so talk to people about it because people really want to, want to know. And they said they have absolutely no interest and knew nothing about the sport. But, uh, you know, they were absolutely, as I said, glued to the to their computer screens and following the dot and you know see where we got lost and then we we lost connection our personal location beacon just didn't send the signals and for one whole night we were lost so with the time differences in Africa you know people go to sleep when we awake that side even though we were awake for most of the time but and it was just so yeah from what I've learned it's a lot harder it's certainly not what I expected at all and. Uh, you know, some of these guys are real proper athletes, the way they can push their bodies, the terrain. It's also nice for, for me to race on the same course that the professionals do. I mean, you don't always get the opportunity mm. to do that and to do the exact same course and, you know, to go through everything that the professionals go through and just to see how efficient they are and, and how they get through and, you know, the time and how they manage their sleep and their food is just just incredible and real, real athletes for, you know, for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So before this race, during the race, and until you got home, did you realize you were going to end up being the the spokesman for adventure racing? At one stage, I was too tired to, to talk, and I also wanted nothing to do with the sport <laughs> because I was very upset of the position I was in. <laughs> but you have all those, as I said, you have all those ups and downs in your head. But um, you know, if I can, if I can drive, or if I can get anybody to do this race, and people ask me, they say, "Do you think I can do this race? Do you think I'll be able to do it?" And I said, "You know what? It's up to you. If you want to do it." You will. I can't tell you. That's something that you will have to figure out yourself going into the race. And certainly during the race, you're going to be faced with a lot of questions and, you know, about your own capability and, you know, will I make it? Will I get over the mountain? Will I be able to do 160 kilometers on a mountain bike or hike for 150 kilometers or go 28 kilometers on a grade two or three rapids down the river on a, you know, on a, on a, um, on a back yeah, I, like that. So, I mean, I can't tell people, yes, you'll be able to do it. Even I know that they've got physical capability, they fit, they're strong. That is something that they have to work out for themselves. But if I can, if I can, you know, promote the sport in any way or any form, I would certainly like to do it because it, uh, it is, uh, it's the toughest thing I ever had to do. That's cool. So have you um, decided and or picked your next race? <laughs> Funny enough, I got some. I got an invite. I sent it through to Graham as well. There's a Graham. What's that? The Nor Norca or what's that? What Bush, what, yeah, what, something in Portugal. something in Portugal. Eh? Oh, Norcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah Norcha. Yeah. Um, so someone said, "Are you keen to come and do it? We'll be happy to have you." So uh, maybe just I'm slowly getting over this race. Uh, swelling has gone down in my ankle, so I can wear 
feet again, our shoes again on my on my feet, and there, there's no more blisters. So I'm slowly getting over it. So who knows? Maybe in September or somewhere we'll uh, I'll run. We actually, yeah. we actually, uh, Randy, we're actually going to do it the mm. other way around now. Now we're going to actually invite Stefan to come and do some three-hour adventure races, and then we'll. <laughs> Then we'll let him do a six-hour, and then we'll let him do a 12-hour. We'll build him up slowly now. Yeah, we are. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you should have done that before. God's own. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, well, how do you think, um, Stefan, this has affected your body? You know, because cyclists, say, once they, like, do the Tour de France, their their body is completely different. Um, do you think it's affected you, and, and you'll have this thing? going on this god zone in your body going on no i think after a rest the body is incredible how it's already recovered obviously i've lost you know it was nine days out on the course from a weight point of view i've, I've lost i've lost some weight obviously because you know i've lost some muscle you know mass that's without a doubt but i mean those you you pick up again after a few weeks of rest and you know, going back to the gym and getting back to training and sort of the training that I used to. So, no, I don't think it will affect me in the, in the long run at all. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, no, I'm not saying that I'm, that I'm not, that I wasn't tired and it didn't take a lot out of my body. My body was certainly not used to the, you know, what it, what it was put through. Uh, but no, I think, it is what it is, and you recover. Yeah. The body is a wonderful thing, and it's already already started the recovery process, and I'm starting to look like uh, I did before I left. Maybe, maybe need to go back to the gym to get some muscle mass back, and uh, do a few arm curls to get uh, muscle back in the arms and the, and the chest. But uh, no, I, I don't think it will leave a, 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 a life changing or a long life effect. I'm sure I'll get back to to my old self soon. Yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. So, so Graham, any so other than World Championships, what do you got? Anything planned, or are you just going to peak for that? Yeah, I think it. You know, from a from a racing point of view, that's where where myself, you know, personally, I look towards building to to World Championships and reunion, and I think I'm quite excited about that. Firstly, obviously, about the the terrain, just going to reunion. It's yeah. some place you always hear of. That's you know, amazing, and the the photographs and images that are coming out. And, you know, by all accounts, Raiding France organisers put on a great race. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I've never done one of their races, but so it'll be nice to to actually go and do one of theirs. So for me, that's you know really looking forward to that. We've got some 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 interesting news coming out with the team. Hopefully next week, you know, we'll continue with our Merrill Mentor program that we we launched two years ago, where Honey took uh, three novices through Expedition Africa and then Don did it last year with three novices and you know we'll 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 have a mentor team in Expedition Africa again this year. So okay. it's you know just driving that at the moment. Okay. Uh, as well as uh, I was uh, you know part of bringing the A1 series which uh, Todd uh, Todd Vickery put together in in Australia and then launched in New Zealand mm-hmm. with Warren and you know, we've, we're launching that A1 series here in South Africa, and I'm actually organizing the first race in four weeks' time. So, yeah, focusing on that at this stage. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to things. And it, it's, God's Own's been a, been a great, uh, a great experience, and I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, listening to Stefan talk now, it's just been, it's been a wonderful experience. And, you know, just to say that Stefan's been 
amazing. And, and ultimately, I think, though we were there and though we were his team, you know, he did this and he got through it. And he, and he, he got himself through and it's, it's a huge amount of respect. And I saw, you know, obviously I saw him on the race course a number of times, obviously suffering and suffering quietly. We didn't hear him suffering. We didn't really even know that he was suffering. He just sucked it up and, and got through it and, and, and well done to Stefan and, and huge respect. And you've just, you just completed one of the toughest races, you know, known. Um, so well, well done. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, as the friends say, chapeau to you, both of you, Stephen for doing it and you for making him do it. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. It's, uh, it, yeah, very, very proud. And looking back now, you know, it was, it was well worth every, every bit of skin and every bit of toenail and every bit of suffering I went through. Without a doubt, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's a, it's, um, I, I, I don't want to say it's uplifting, but it's a hell of a story. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. It's a, and I think that's what captured so many people's imagination. As I said, a lot of my friends have absolutely no idea what it's all about. But not just not just me, because they knew me following the race, but they were absolutely, as I said, glued. Not not just because of me, but the whole, you know, the aura around the race and, and the scenery and what people go through, I mean, for them – they just sort of fell in love with the sport and they just want to know more about it and, and I'm going to tell them more about the sport. Yeah. And I think, it's, I think it's also hopefully shown for people, yes, you know, obviously Stefan has, an, has uh, you know, a, a, an athletic uh, history and, uh, you know, he was a top professional sport, uh, you know, athlete and he's, he has all that ability. But, you know, hopefully we've also, we've also shown people that, you know, anyone really can come in and do do a race. Well, I, I suppose that you can't really say it's sort of everyone, but anyone who wants to do this race, mm-hmm. they have the ability and they have the capability to do it. You know, if they can put their mind to it and get out there and do a little bit of the skills and a little bit of the physical preparation, if you go in there with the, the right sort of head, you're going to come out of it. Yeah. Obviously, for Stefan, he had that head and he had the physical capabilities, you know, having come from his sporting background, but it was still still a great pleasure to watch it and, and hopefully the public also enjoyed it. Yeah, well I think I think you guys uh touched a nerve with people. So all right, so we're gonna let you go because it's probably getting late at night there. Yeah. yeah. But I just just one thing I gotta mention to you, Graham, that um almost to the day we did our first interview four years ago. I can't Yo, it was a long time. I know, it's like I can't believe it was been doing this for four years so you were yeah. you were one of the early guys so thank you for that and thank both of you yeah. for this conversation it was great yeah, yeah thanks a lot so, we really enjoyed it well cool so um i think this will be out i don't know if it'll be next week or the week after but uh i'll let let you know and let everybody know so they don't miss this 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 was fun thank you cool thanks a lot Randy. all right Cool, right. Thanks a lot, sir. Okay, bye. Cheers. Cheers, Ciao. guys. So you want to be a rock and roll star?
Thank you.